really is a good setup for this message because I want to give you a simple message today. Simple things can have a deep impact. David prayed a prayer. He said, search me, O God. Just a simple prayer like that, but it can have a profound impact on your life. And in the same way, what I want to talk to you about is really simple. I want to teach you more than preach to you today. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, and I figured some of you are already behind on your Bible reading, so this is going to help you out. We'll just make up for the days that you miss. But we're going to look at a lot of scripture today for the second installment in our series, Let Me Pray About It. And it's always my heart to, to help you learn when you come to church here. I want you to connect with God. I want you to grow. We come to worship. But I also want you to learn how to live according to the Bible. And, and maybe you're not a Christian yet. Maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while. But one of the things, if you're going to be a Christian, like you have to know this phrase, let me pray about it. It is the quintessential Christian phrase, except what I need you to know is, is when you use this phrase, uh, you're not actually using it to pray about something. When you use this phrase, as a, you, you use it um, to sound spiritual. When somebody asks you to do something that you really don't want to do, that's when you use this phrase, okay? Because the way it works is when you say, let me pray about it, what you really end up doing is you'll weigh your feelings, you know, you'll, you'll check your emotions, you, you might think through the pros and cons, maybe you might even seek out some advice, some, some counsel from somebody who you know is going to affirm your biases, and, and then, you know, after having done all this, what, what you'll do is, instead of praying about it, you will think of a spiritual reason that you can tell that person no. That's what we do when we say, let me Pray about it. What we, we would never really pray about it. What, what we really do is say, okay, I don't want to do this thing, but if God makes me so painfully uncomfortable that I have no other choice but to say yes, I'll agree to it. But other than that, it's going to be a no from me. That's what we mean. Now, I'm not down on that phrase. I, I use it too. And, uh, and the, the point I'm trying to make is that we should actually pray about the things that are concerning to us. We should go to God and pray. We should pray not just about the big decisions, but the small ones. Prayer shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first response. It should be the first thing we do, not just for the decisions, but for every task, for every decision, for every need that we have. We should go to God in prayer. Got to go to work today? You know what? Let me pray about it. Because I don't know the things that are waiting for me when I get there. I don't know the things encounters that I'm going to have, the choices I'm going to have to make, the things that I'm going to have to get done, I'm going to pray before I even get there. This meeting that I'm going to, let me, let me pray about it first. I want to make sure that God can use, maybe he, maybe he can use me to, to give a word in this moment. Maybe I can connect this people, point, point them to Jesus. Let me pray about it first. This struggle that I'm facing, I'm not just going to try and strategize around it, carry it in my own weight. Let me pray about it first. I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I'm not just going to worry. I'm not just going to complain. Let me pray about it. That's why through this series I've been encouraging you to make prayer a habit. And one of the ways I'm trying to help you guys is you can go to our short URL. It's vel.city slash help me pray. And just by going to that, and you can fill out a little form, we'll, we'll send to your inbox a a prayer that is going to help you, guide you in what to say and how to pray. You'll get to daily, for the next 14 days, listen to the dulcet tones of my voice 
guide you in some words to, to pray, and uh, it's going to be helpful. The, the problem is, I can't be with you for every situation. Not that you would want that, but in the moments where you encounter something that is big, that is challenging, that you do need to pray about, you might not always know what to say. And that's what I found is the issue with a lot of us. It's not that we don't know what prayer is. Sometimes we just struggle to know where to start. The psalmist said this in Psalm 77. He said, I found myself in trouble and I went looking for my Lord. My life was an open wound that wouldn't heal. When friends said everything will turn out all right, I didn't believe a word they said. I remember God. It's like, okay, I'm in trouble. I know I, I, know I should go to God for this. So uh, I shake my head. That's uh, no use. I bow my head. I know I'm supposed to pray. But then I wring my hands. I think, what's the point? I'm awake all night, not a wink of sleep. I can't even say what's bothering me. Have you ever felt that way? You've got some stuff you're carrying. You've got some stuff you're dealing with. You know you should go to God about it, but it's hard to verbalize and vocalize the words. It's not that you don't know how to pray. You just, you're not sure where to start. You don't know what to say in this moment. What's the right words? Well, that's what I want to help you with today. I've taught on prayer many times, but I have to tell you, I have never shared a message on prayer like I'm going to share with you today. I believe this is going to be helpful for you because what I want to do is I want to talk to you about how to pray when you don't know what to say. It's the title of this message if you're taking notes, and I want to encourage you to take notes because studies show that 86% of Christians who take notes make it to heaven. So <laughs> look at the person sitting next to you. Just odds, let them be in your favor. So how to pray when you don't know what to say. And since we're talking about prayer, it would be appropriate that I begin with prayer. Would you just bow your head with me for a moment? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you. We trust you. And God, we recognize your presence right now. God, I believe everybody in here has a need. And what they need, I can't give them. But God, you can. So God, my prayer is that you would use me. That whatever barriers are up right now, whatever things they came in with that would keep them from hearing your word and receiving it. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would, would tear down those walls and that your word could go forth, that it would be received, that it would be like a seed sown on good ground, that it would take root and produce fruit in their life. God, let our lives be changed by your word today. I thank you for it. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. This is, if you're new to church, we're a responsive church. Uh, I really like it when you laugh at my jokes, but if you don't laugh, I'll just keep telling them. And like when you clap, if God speaks to you, you can put your hand. In fact, let's just try that right now. You know, let's just, and when one person claps, everybody's got to clap. Let's try it. Let's try it. That's good. You guys are, okay. Now see this girl in the red shirt, she did not clap. So we got to try it again. When one person claps, everybody's got to clap. Let's try it, right? Okay. Yes. I'm feeling a little feisty today. So it's great when you, you talk back to the preacher and it's, it's going to be fun. But I don't know if you have any daily routines, maybe with the beginning of the new year, maybe you're looking to start some new routines. Um, I know, you know, for me, it's a great time to think about changes I want to make. But probably all of us have some things that we do every day. Like in my house, I'm part of my daily routine 
is to put our kids to bed. Now, that's not to say that my wife never does it or that she doesn't do anything. Like, she does 98% of the things in her house. But my uh, task is I, I put the kids to bed. It's, it's one of the ways I can serve her and help her. And even, like, you know, bedtime, there's this whole routine when it comes to putting kids to bed. Like, you got to, you know, get their baths, showers, and pajamas, and brush their teeth, and, you know, yell at them four times, and then have a negotiation, and then bedtime snack, and then finally get them to bed. And even when you get them to bed, like, for Pippa, my youngest daughter, there's this whole process where it's like I turn on some, some music, and then, you know, I got to get her stuffed animals and put them around her, and then I'll read her a story, and then she wears this night mask, and then, like, it's a kiss and a prayer, and, like, this is the whole thing, like, every time, and even my prayers can become a little routine where I'll, I'll pray things over them, and, and when I pray over them at night, I'm not just praying, like, God, please let them stay asleep and not come in my bedroom tonight, just please, God, help me in this. That's, that's not how I pray. No, the, the way I pray is I'm, I'm praying for their future. I'm praying, God, use them in a mighty way. God, protect them. Let them follow you all of their days. God, make them a leader. God, give them wisdom beyond their years. Use them in their generation. I'm praying these kind of things over them. And uh, confession, like, that's when I'm on my game. Not every, not every time I pray for them is it like that. You know, sometimes it's just like, God, I don't even know if my kids are saved. Can you just help them tonight? Just keep them asleep. Sometimes it's, it's like that. But when I'm on my game, I've got this, this routine thing that I, that I pray. And, and uh, you know, in fairness, my, my daughter gets the best of me. My, my younger boys, they don't get um, quite as much. But the other night I was praying for my children. I was praying for my, my youngest son, Grant, uh, before I tucked him in at night, praying for him and saying goodnight to him, and I, I prayed for him, and I just, you know, I, was, I was on my game that night. I said, God, use, use him mightily. God, protect him. Let him follow you all of his days. Let, let him be a leader. God, give him wisdom beyond his years. I, I would pray this over him, and at the end of the prayer, he said, Dad, can I pray for you? This is the first time he's ever done this. This is amazing. I said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pray for me. Pray. And he, and he puts his hand on me and says, God, I pray for my dad. I pray that you'll use him mightily. And God, I pray that you would protect him and help him with his work. And God, give him wisdom behind his ears. <laughs> now, I've been praying this prayer for my son for years. And this whole time, he's been thinking that I've been praying for wisdom behind his ears. Now, truthfully, I will take wisdom any place I can get it. So I just said, yes, Lord, I receive it. Be it unto me according to you. I, I've received it, but before we're too hard on my son Grant, let's remember that we do the same. We often do the same. We, we sometimes say things. We don't even know what we're saying. We're just hoping God hears us and hoping that he answers and hoping that this works. And the truth is, we all have situations in our life where we don't know how to pray as we should. We, we don't know what to pray for. I, don't, I feel this way. There's times where, God, I'm, I'm not sure what to say. I don't know the things that are going to be waiting for us this year as a church. I, I don't know, you know, the the struggles that we might encounter. I don't know the blessings that might come. I don't know the opportunities that might come our way that we need to position ourselves for. There's a lot of things that can happen this year that I have no idea how to pray for. And 
If you've ever felt that way, you're in good company because the Bible talks about that. In fact, Paul wrote about this very thing in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. He acknowledged this and says, when he's writing to the Roman church about the Holy Spirit, he says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us where we are weak. We don't know how to pray or what we should pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays to God for us with sounds that cannot be put into words. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? How the Holy Spirit helps us. He, he speaks on our behalf. He intercedes for us. When you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. And, and he, he's going to be a present help. The, the Bible talks to him about being a comforter, a helper, and all the ways that we need it. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, hold, hold up. That verse sounds a little weird. Holy Spirit prays for us. And are, you, are you talking about, like, praying in tongues today? Well, just, like, you know, chill out. Like, praying in tongues is biblical. It's in the Bible. Read the Bible. It's in there. But that's it's not something you got to be worded out by. But I'm, I'm not talking to you about praying in tongues. I'm talking to you about praying in tacos. Tacos. I love tacos. i got to be honest with you. I want to talk to you about praying in tacos. Because uh, tacos are my favorite food. Because they are the perfect food. They are. There's, there's so many different kinds of tacos. There's, you know, breakfast tacos, Korean tacos, the street tacos. There's uh, my favorite, El Pastor, the pastor taco. Um, there's carnitas, asadas, barbacoa. There's soft shell tacos, hard shell tacos, flour tortillas, corn tortillas, you know, all sorts of different tacos. Add some guacamole, keep it holy. There's all sorts of ways to have tacos. Many varieties. And you might think, like, well, in the same way, uh, we should have variety in prayer. And we should. We should have variety in our prayer life. But the reason I want to teach you to pray in tacos is because I want to use tacos as an acronym to help you know how to pray when you don't know what to say. How to pray when you don't know what to say. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you with this because the first thing you need to pray is you need to pray your thanks. You need to pray your thanks. When you don't know what to say, when you find yourself in a situation, I don't care if you're unsure what to say, if you're facing a day that's hard, when it feels like there's nothing going your way, when you feel distant from God, when you don't feel very spiritual, when you don't feel like you're close to God, thanks is always where you begin. Scripture says this in Psalm 100, verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. This is the way you enter God's presence. This is the way you always start when you begin to talk to God. Thank him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, with his courts praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. It starts with thanks. I like the way another translation puts it. It says, enter with the password Thank you. Enter with the password, thank you. That tells me that this is a secret to your prayer life. This is a key that unlocks deeper conversation with God. See, gates is like the door. This is the way you got to go in. It's the password. It's the secret. It's the key. It tells me that I cannot get to anything else that's meaningful, of substance, until I start with thanks. And here's what's great about thanks. You don't have to search very hard 
or very far to find something to be thankful for. You can start with your breath. You can start with the fact that you are alive today. Because the fact that you're alive today means that God has a plan and purpose for you. If he didn't have a plan and purpose for your life, you would be dead. You wouldn't be here. But the fact that you have breath in your lungs means that he has a purpose and a calling on your life and something for you to do that only you can do. You can thank God that he sees you, that he loves you, that he knows you, that he's chosen you for his purpose to be performed and fulfilled in your life. All right, we're getting it. One person claps, everybody claps. So some of you might be like, well, that's great, you know, for you, preacher, but, like, you don't know my life. I've got a lot of stress in my life right now. You, you don't know what I'm dealing with at work. You don't know the things that are on my plate. You don't know the kids I have and how exasperating they are and how much they're stressing me out and the problems I got at home. You don't know the fight that I got in with my spouse before I came. You don't know this stuff. And you're right, I, I don't know this stuff. But what I've often found is that sometimes it's helpful to remember that the problems in my present are often an answer to a prayer in my past. Let me say that again so you can get it. Often the problems in my present are an answer to a prayer from my past. That job that you're so stressed out about, you prayed for that job. You asked God to give you that job. God, if I could just get that job, that position, that those kids that are causing you so much drama, you prayed for those kids. You asked God for those kids. That they are an answer to prayer. That, that spouse that you've got some friction with right now, you prayed, dear God, if there could just be somebody who would love me, somebody who would say yes, Many times, the problems in our present are an answer to a prayer in our past. You've got a lot to be thankful for. God, thank you that you're faithful to answer my prayers. Thank you, God, for my spouse, my job, the fact I got into this school, the fact that I'm able to study, all of these things. God, I thank you. So it's helpful for me just to remember that I have a lot that I can say thank you for, even when I don't feel like it. And we all have those moments when we don't feel like it, even those moments where you feel distant, those moments where you don't feel close to God, even those moments where you're dealing with drama and turmoil on the inside, you have a lot to be thankful for. The fact that you can talk to God, the fact that God has saved you, the fact that you have a place in eternity, you can be thankful. Thanks is the key that unlocks a deeper conversation with God but then from thanks, you can move to admiration. Admiration. And you can pray your admiration. And I know even in saying that, some people might think it's kind of strange. Like, some people might feel like praying admiration almost cheapens the character of God. Because somebody might be like, well, you know, God is God's not to be admired. He's God. God is to be worshipped. And I agree. God is to be worshipped. But... I'm trying to help you today know how to pray when you don't know what to say. And admiration is helpful because admiration is relatable. We can relate to admiration because we all have people or, or qualities, things that we 
admire. And here's what I learned. Admiration is powerful. Admiration is, just to define it, it's our emotion towards excellence. And that's really what Scripture is talking about. In that same passage we looked at when he says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Praise is talking about admiration. It says, Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Praise him. Why? Because his faithfulness continues through all generations. That's how good God is. That's how excellent he is. When you praise him, you are verbalizing your admiration. When you pray, pray your admiration. Tell God that you admire him, but the things that you admire about him. Why? See, here's the thing with admiration. Admiration impacts our character. Our, Our admiration is tied to our aspiration. When we admire something, sociologists and psychologists, when we admire something, it it motivates us on the inside to develop those qualities within us. On the converse of that, many times when we're stressed, depressed, discontent, frustrated, it's the contrast that we are comparing our lives with the life that we think we should have, whether it's somebody else's or just an alternative to what we're experiencing right now. See, admiration is the opposing force of envy. When you admire something, it's, it's your emotion you feel towards excellence. And when you admire something, here's what I'm trying to say. The, the areas that you're frustrated with in yourself, you can admire those about God. And it changes your character. It helps you grow. Let me give, give an example. Like, sometimes I can be impatient with people. God, you're always patient. Your patience never runs out. God, you are long-suffering. Sometimes I, I want to write people off, but God, you've never written me off. You don't write anybody off. No, no matter if they slander you, no, no matter if they despise you, your grace still extends to them to reach them and meet them where they're at. Your mercy never ends. You know, God, I'm inconsistent, but you, you're consistent. You never fail. You, 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 you know, every place you walk into, you're victorious. You always win. See, when you begin to identify those things that you're frustrated with your own character, the things you're frustrated in yourself, you can admire those about God and tell that to God. And it begins to change you. Admiration is powerful. But there's something else you can tell God in prayer that will not only change you and change your world, and that's when you pray your confession. You pray your confession. This is what David said in Psalms. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Often what keeps us silent is the guilt that we're carrying. It's maybe something in the way we responded, maybe something we did, maybe something that we didn't do. And the reason we have a hard time talking to God is because we know we've set up this obstacle 
between us and God. And so it's not easy to get communication until we deal with this issue. It's much in the same way anytime you've wronged somebody, took up offense, caused an offense, carried an offense, you, you reacted a way you shouldn't have, you responded a way you shouldn't have, you wronged a person. Now you've got this issue between you and the person. And what most of us do in that scenario is it's a lot easier to just avoid the person altogether. That way I don't have to deal with the result of my actions or inactions. That way I don't have to deal with the fallout or humble myself and ask for forgiveness or make things right and reconcile. Rather than deal with that, it's easier, it's easier just to avoid the person altogether. And so many times that's what we do with God. And we, we know that we've violated something in God's commands. And it keeps us at a distance. So prayer becomes awkward because I can't talk to you directly. And if I, maybe I try and like get something around, but I've never dealt with the issue. Here's what David is saying. Don't be silent with the stuff that's keeping you separated. The things that keep you silent are the things that you can say. Just, just confess. Here's what you need to know about God. God is gracious. God loves you. God knows everything you did. He knows that thing that you don't want to talk about, that you're trying to keep hidden. He knows the things that you'll do in the future, and he loves you anyway. He, he sent his son Jesus to pay the price for your sins so that you wouldn't have to be separated, so that, that you could have communion and conversation with him. Don't, don't let that stuff separate you. Don't let your sins stand in the way of talking to God. Confess it to him. You might want to write this verse down. It's 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When we go to God and we say, God, this is the issue. I, I, I failed. I messed up. I sinned. I got it wrong. God's faithful to forgive. You know, sometimes it's not just our sin that we need to confess. Sometimes it's our struggle. Sometimes it's our worry. You can do that too. You can confess that too. God, I'm, I'm frustrated right now. God, the thing that I'm facing is, is heavy. I, I'm not sure how to handle this. God, I, I don't feel that close to you right now. God, I don't even feel like praying right now. That's how I feel in this moment. Point is, you don't have to have it all figured out. All you have to do is acknowledge where you're at. Here's what you need to remember the thing that's keeping you silent is the thing you need to say. The thing that's keeping you silent is the thing that you can say. You don't have to stand at a distance. You can come confidently into God's presence and know that there is grace and mercy available to meet you where you need it. Because confessing. Where you're at helps you to pray for others. Helps you pray for others. That's the next one I want you to get. Pray for others. Now, here's the thing. Most of the time, if prayer is a struggle for you, it's good to pray for others. And many times it's easy when people have a need to pray for that need to be met. We can identify that. But you can also pray for people when needs aren't known. And I want you to pay special attention to this one because this is the key 
that is going to help you hear from the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit is going to help you in your prayer life. And I'm going to show you how. Because how do you pray for people when their needs aren't obvious, are not known? And a little pro tip here. One, you can always pray scripture over people. Pray God's promises. Pray what God has said over them. But, but we see some examples of how Paul prayed for people. Not knowing everything that was happening in their life, of course. And I want to read this to you in Ephesians Chapter 1, verse 16, Paul's writing to a church he planted in Ephesus. He hasn't seen them for a while. He wrote them this letter. He says, this is how I pray for you. First, he says, I always remember you in my prayers. Meaning, whenever I pray, I'm making sure I got a portion and they're designated for others. I always remember you in my prayers. And here's what I do. I keep asking God to give you the wisdom and understanding that come from the Holy Spirit. I want you to know God better. I pray that you may understand more clearly and you will know God's great power. Now, this is a prayer I pray for our church. I pray for you almost daily. If Velocity is your church, you can know that you're being prayed for by me. And this is what I pray. God, give them wisdom for the decisions that they face. God, give them understanding from the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that they would know you better. Help them grow in their relationship with you. God, Give them clarity, clarity around the things you've called them to, clarity around the problems they're facing, clarity around your purpose for them. God, help them to know how powerful you are. God, help them to know how much you care for them. There's five different of these prayers that Paul prayed for the church in the New Testament. I want to read you another one, though, in Philippians. He says this, Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. That God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish in the very day Christ Jesus appears. So when you don't know how to pray for somebody, just, God, let your work be fulfilled in their life. God, what you started, I pray that you would finish. God, God bring your will to pass in their life. But here's, here's what I want to show you. This is the powerful part. He says, Every time you cross my mind, I break out an exclamation of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. So here's what it's saying. Every time you cross my mind, it's a trigger to pray for you. Here's what I want to encourage you with. When you think of somebody, pray for them. Pray for them. You don't have to pray 30 minutes. You don't have to pray five minutes. Pray this, God, give them wisdom. God, help them know you better. Let them know your power. God, strengthen them today. When you think of, just, if you will take this and put it into practice this week, it is going to change your life. When you think of somebody, pray for them. Now, here's the powerful part. This is where the Holy Spirit is going to help you. I do this often, not every time, but I do it often. When I think of somebody, I'll shoot them a text message. And I'll say, this is what I prayed for you. Just let them know. If you do this, you will be amazed how often somebody will text you back, you have no idea how much I, meet, I needed this. That is exactly what I'm going through. Now, here's the connection. If God cares enough about them to use you to pray for them, how much more does God care about you? How much more confidence does that give you to know that he sees what you need and what you're going through? This is going to strengthen your prayer life. If you will just, when you think of somebody, pray for them. 
maybe not every time, but just start, hey, this is what I prayed for you. Watch what God does in your life because you'll see that God cares about you. And if you know he cares about you, well then, the last thing is you can pray for self. You can pray for self. Now, I don't mean coach self, all right? That's, I know somebody's going to take a picture of this and send it to them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm saying we can pray for a national championship in Jesus' name. National championship in Jesus' name. All right. But I heard the amen. Let it be, Lord. But <laughs> I'm saying when you pray for self, pray for yourself. Here's what I want you to get. Self-prayer is not selfish prayer. Self-prayer is not selfish prayer. A lot of times people have issues. They struggle. Well, there's so many needs in the world. There's so many problems going on. I know this person dealing with this thing and this person is, and there's, you know, things going on in other parts of the world. Does God even care about what I have going on? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Self-prayer is not selfish prayer. Self-prayer is being self-aware. Self-prayer is being self-aware. Self-prayer is saying, God, I need you, and I want to grow closer in my relationship with you. We often don't pray for ourselves with people who struggle with this because we think of all the other things going on in the world. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus, when he was giving, giving his most famous teaching on prayer, recorded in the Bible, this is what he said. Remember, your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. And then he went on to teach the Lord's Prayer. Right after that, he went on to say this. So don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. I want to encourage you. You can go to God with what you need. If you need comfort, ask for comfort. If you need strength to endure, ask for strength. If you need help parenting your kids, ask for wisdom. If you're lonely, Ask him to bring a relationship in your life. If you're struggling financially, ask him to reveal himself as a provider. Ask him for provision. If you messed up, you got yourself into trouble, ask him to deliver you. He's a deliverer. You can go to God with what you need. In fact, you think about it, this is how our relationship with God starts starts by going to God with what we need, by recognizing that we're a sinner and that we need a Savior. Our whole relationship with Jesus starts by saying, God, I need you to come into my life. I need you to save me, to forgive me of my sin. And I don't know where everybody's at in here, but I wonder if maybe for some of you, that might be the place that you need to start today. You need you need to start by repenting of your sin, asking God to forgive you, making him the Lord of your life.